Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello again and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Time to remind you again. If you are interested in following your favorite team, the Penn State Nittany Lions down to Auburn, have we got a deal for you. Keystone Kickoff Show, in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, these are the guys who have been doing these trips for 50 years, really know what they're doing, set up with a charter flight, you stay at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, a great tailgate party, In fact, Dusty and I are going to be doing a podcast Friday evening from the hotel. You'll get a chance to ask your questions beyond the show. So we would love to have you join us. It will be a fantastic time. For more information, go to athletictravel.com. That's athletictravel.com or 800-788-4414 for all the information. Dustin, We finished up quarter number two talking about that 94 season. I just wanted to throw uh, one or two more tidbits from that team real quick if I could. Do you know they had in that draft three guys in the top ten. Kajana Carter was number one. Uh, Kerry Collins was fifth or sixth, I believe it was. He went to the Panthers. And then you had uh, Kyle Brady, number nine, to the Jets. We talk now about, you know, you have a couple players in the first round. How about three of the top ten players? Plus, um, several of these players were underclassmen, didn't go to the next year, but there were offensive – every offensive lineman played in the NFL. This was just an incredible team. But there was also another half decade to play there, Dustin. Give me your take on the second half of the 90s. Well, I mean, this is, you know, how it shaped the, the early 2000s, you know, and um, the early 2000s were, were a defining stretch in Penn State football history, too. And that kind of was set to say you talked about the 93 team winning six straight and doing it in, in explosive fashion and, and really making you as a fan believe um, that 94 could happen. And, and then it did happen. Well, how about um you know, 1999, that team uh, kind of unraveling a bit in the second half of that season and then setting the stage for a five and seven team in 2000, a five and six team in 2001. I mean, uh, that the end of that decade ended up sort of drawing a line. And then, you know, we'll get into the 2000s then, you know, Joe Paterno kind of had to fight for um, his career a little bit in the early 2000s. And by the way, as I was looking into the joining the Big Ten in 1993, and, and it, it's hilarious to see um, people concerned and, and Joe Paterno's retirement being a, century, a central storyline. In 1991, he said he planned to retire at the age of 65, uh, which is just comical now. But that, you know, the idea of Joe Paterno not being around for a whole lot longer in the early 90s uh, was funny. Uh, we'll cover, you know, how he kind of stuck around and how he ended up 
um, staying afloat in, in the early 2000s. But um, this the, the 90s, I think, in other words, kind of crash landed uh, in the second half of that 1999 season. A lot of talent on that roster, too. It just ended up um, having four or five uh, losses, I think, at, at the end of the year. Just a, a brutal ending stretch. It really was, and we'll get into more details on that. But this was probably the last really glory years of the Paterno era, the consistency, where this, um, the 90s decade, if I did my math correctly, Dustin, won 97 games, okay? You average almost 10 wins a year. You're doing something right. They also had three top 10 finishes, eight top 20 finishes, and another factor in Joe Paterno's career was how good he was in bowl games. Seven and three in bowl games through that decade. Not too shabby, is it? Yeah, and I think uh, I think Joe being good in bowl games over the course of his career. I don't have his bowl game record in front of me, but he's you know maybe the best to ever do it in, in bowl games, and um, especially in in this decade. I mean, how you fare in those postseason games as other you know fan bases across the nation get a chance to see you for the first time. Penn State was seen in a largely positive light, and they closed their season with an exclamation point far more often than not. So I think um, I think winning bowl games and I think also you know this was the decade where you know nine and three was kind of the was the floor um, and you saw you saw I don't know maybe three or four nine and three seasons in in here uh, when they didn't have a special team Penn State still found a way to win nine games and I think that meant something a little bit more it meant you know kind of Penn State's arrival they remember this they're new to the Big Ten you know not everybody likes them and they just kind of kept winning and being able to find ways to win even without you know talent like they had in 1994. Yeah looking at the record for the decade they had five seasons where they had three losses two seasons with two losses Uh, I'm sorry, Uh, yeah, three seasons with two losses, the undefeated season, and the one outlier, 75, 7-5 in 1992, which was quickly followed by 10-2 and 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 12-0. So that down cycle, it almost was an indicator of what was to come in the future. And the cycle, again, it was that 96, 7, 8 seasons, they weren't those down years, as you said, three losses was about as far down as you got. And it appeared that they were building towards that 99 season. And they were ranked second. They were about, I think they were 9-0. and And they played Minnesota at home. And were heavy favorites, of course, to win this game. Found themselves stuck in a close game. And I went back, I did remember the ending of it, but I went back and watched like the last couple minutes. Minnesota had to go to the length of the field. They were down two points. They threw the ball up, got like a 40 or 50-yard gain, fine. They were at the 35-yard line. LeVar Arrington gets a huge sack, gets them definitely out of field goal range. They stopped Minnesota until it was fourth down, fourth and like 16. They threw a deep desperation pass. Uh, the Penn State player goes up with the offensive player from Minnesota. It gets knocked down, 
for a split second, relief. No, it got deflected to another Minnesota receiver and set up a chip shot field goal. And I actually, I talked to, and, and, and Penn State then lost their next two regular season games. So they started 9-0, and finished the regular season 9-3. and And I talked to a player on that team who just said that was a perfect example. It was like looking to play for the national championship. That got pulled out from under you. And that was just a deflated team the last uh, couple games, Dusty. And and you see this tendency now, you know, there, it's it, there's it's a very fragile thing. Um, a season, you know, a game comes down to that and that can derail everything. And I think, you know, I don't think times have changed all that much. Any team that's in a position to go that goes nine and zero and that is is in contention for a national title game and they lose a game that they shouldn't that shouldn't have even been a game uh, in that type of fashion. I mean, that's going to deflate this age group, you know, 18 to 22, probably a hundred percent of the time. And I just find it funny. So the, the little bit of, um, historical parallels, uh, so that, that loss to Minnesota, um, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say fluke play, but more or less a fluke play to, to lose that game, uh, ends up, uh, spoiling the home stretch of the, of that season, I mean, you can definitely make the case that you know that bad those bad vibes lingered into uh, the next decade, the next season, certainly, uh, where Penn State in 2016 coming back to beat Minnesota at home in a game where it looked like it, it, things looked bleak, you know, that ignites and kind of changes the the program for the better. Then, you know, same opponent, same home field, totally different result, and it's like. Man, can one play really shape multiple seasons of, of a program? And I think both of these games say, yes, they can. And isn't it a bit ironic that they were both against Minnesota? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, for it's almost like redemption, I guess, in 2016. Uh, that that team, you know, that the, the tendency that they had to come back and, and beat teams in the second half. And then they just needed that that one spark where, you know, back in 1999, I think they were sort of buckling up and trying to hold on. You know, they're they're carrying that burden of nine and oh, and you're starting to have that tendency maybe to play not to lose. Uh, and then that's exactly what happens when, when you play that way. So they end up losing this game and, you know, so deflating and uh, all the things that you build up for and, and, you know, looking to contend, it all disappears on one play like that. Uh, it just changes, changes that season. And I think clearly changed the next couple seasons too. And with the last minute or two here, I want to throw in another story from off the field, Dustin. It happened between the 99 season and the 2000, so I guess it could go either way. But we got the time. I'm going to put it out here. In that 99 season, Penn State had two quarterbacks that they played, Kevin Thompson and Rashard Casey. And by the way, those who remember, Penn State started that season against what was supposed to be a real good Arizona team and just blew them out. So this was a pretty good team. Going into the 2000 season, Rashard Casey was going to be the guy. And there was an off-the-field incident with when he was back home, and I think it was Hoboken, New Jersey. And he and a friend got into an issue with an off-duty police officer. And Rashard Casey was charged, I guess, with assault or something. Anyway, looked pretty bad for him. 
And when you see things like more recent times, it would be, you can't let them play. It was a big deal, a national story. Joe Paterno stuck with him. He said he talked to him. He believed his player. And he never suspended him, did nothing. It wasn't one of those guilty till proven innocent. Well, guess what? In the end, Joe Paterno was correct. He was proven innocent. And it was one of those no doubt. And at the time, he was accused of putting football first. You know, that Colt at Penn State, the way they are. And this was your starting quarterback. So, of course, you're not going to suspend him. And in the end, it turns out the old ball coach was correct on that one, Dusty. And he had the clout. He had the status to be able to make that decision, be able to stick by it, kind of like what Nick Saban does now. Exactly. All right, that is it for our review of the 90s. Stick around. We have a special guest for quarter number four. You want to hear that one. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ted Brown. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees, and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Olsey. And one of our goals is, again, to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Olsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. There's nothing better than following your favorite team on the road. Thanks to Collegiate Athletic Travel, you can get your chance this fall as the Nittany Lions fly south to face the Auburn Tigers. Take a non-stop charter flight from Harrisburg. Accommodation included. Not two hours away in Atlanta, but at the team hotel. Transportation to and from the game is also included, as well as a tailgate party at the stadium. Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for all the information.